0: Well, we probably should have seen this coming because it is spelled F-I-A-L-A, right? Kevin Fiala's been traded. We talk about what we got in return for Fiala to the Los Angeles Kings. We'll talk about Brock Faber. We talk about everything trade-related on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? What's happening? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day, and just as a reminder, Lockdown Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we have reaction to the Kevin Fiala trade for you, breaking down the return, breaking down the factors that played in to why the Kings ended up being the team that acquired Fiala services. We also look at where things go now, a lot of angles to break down both today and the rest of the week here on Lockdown Wild. My name is Seth Topol, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer, guiding you through the offseason. And you, like me, are probably a little surprised at how things played out. Uh, Remember seeing the the waves start to come through for this trade, and uh, I guess in hierarchy for me, it seemed as though it was probably the Ottawa Senators or the New Jersey Devils that were the uh, top team in the Kevin Fiala chase. We also talked about the New York Islanders as being a team that could potentially uh, hop in and uh, be part of the Kevin Fiala sweepstakes. And the first look that we did as to teams who could be in on Kevin Fiala was the Los Angeles Kings, who were uh, kind of a sneaky fit for Fiala's services. Now, obviously, the return in and of itself, first-round pick this year, the 19th overall pick in the 2022 NHL Draft, and defenseman prospect Brock Faber, currently at the University of Minnesota. Um, I I know a lot of people are going to go to the Devil's Board, and Dawson Mercer was a uh, very sneaky name, Uh, that uh, a lot of Wild fans were hoping to get back in return. Um, Ottawa Senators, obviously the big piece of that puzzle was the seventh overall pick. What this tells me in the Wild acquiring Brock Faber and the 19th overall pick is that despite that being what Wild fans wanted back in return, is that most of the other teams involved in this process, let's just say the Senators, the Devils, the Islanders, as the main three, and not going to shock me at all if there was a mystery team or two that were in on this process that we didn't even think to ask or didn't even think to look at uh, in terms of what they could potentially offer in return. Um it seems likely to me, at least from my deductive reasoning, that this was the one return or the best return in which the Wild got a prospect and a draft pick. Probably from the Senators, maybe you got the seventh overall pick, but that would probably that was probably going to be it. Maybe they didn't offer the seventh overall pick. I'm assuming that the devils probably did not have either the number two overall pick or Dawson Mercer on the table. And so we look at all these things that we'd like to get in return for a player of Kevin Fiala's caliber. And it's entirely possible, probable that opposing general managers did not even have them on the table. And so the Minnesota wilds acquired the 19th overall pick and I, I'm, you know, my stance on this whole thing has been pretty pretty easy to determine. I still am of the camp that I much rather would have kept Kevin Fiala. And, um, you know, now this is going to be, the big part of this now is going to be to closely monitor how this 19th pick ends up and how Brock Faber's career ends up. That's just the nature of trades, is that you then are looking to see how the picks and players you acquire do based off of how the particular player does. And just look at the, the extension that Fiala signed with the Los Angeles Kings. Seven years, and uh, it was right around uh, $7.8 million per season no way the wild can afford that unless they make some drastic changes. And some of the other teams in and of this process may not have been able to handle that as well. And you know, we talked when we talked about the uh, the Senators and what they could potentially offer. They have a lot of money that they are going to have to allocate to some extensions, so that price tag right there probably gave them a little bit of cold feet to where they did not want to be involved. You know, the Islanders as well. They have uh, plenty of of cap issues and uh, and contracts that they need to worry about. The Devils had plenty of room to do it, but my guess is there just was not as much of a fit. And maybe it's just as simple as the Los Angeles Kings were the most aggressive team in this process, because where they stack up in the Pacific Division currently leads them to believe that they're a couple of players away from really making some noise in that Pacific Division. We saw it this past season, getting to the playoffs, despite having an offense that was just strangely not able to score goals. So, obviously, they needed some goal scoring. And uh, so... The fit makes sense for the Los Angeles Kings and for the Minnesota Wild. And as we so often see in these types of situations, it's a team that we didn't think was the favorite to do it that ends up swooping in to make the trade happen. So 19th pick and Brock Faber for Kevin Fiala. And then he signs his extension Uh, for seven years with the Kings. So obviously a lot of dominoes from this trade and subsequent extension for both the Kings and for the Minnesota Wilds. So we are going to continue here the rest of today breaking down everything that happened with this trade and uh, some interesting questions that this trade leaves for the Minnesota Wilds going forward. So uh, we'll come back and we'll take a look at uh, Brock Faber and uh, some of the other things to consider with this trade as we continue to break down the big move made by the Wild today. That's coming up here on Locked on Wild. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball season and more. BetOnline.net is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, Esports and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find all that and more at BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing to break down the Kevin Fiala trade here on today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Got some quotes from Bill Guerin in regards to the move. And so uh, let's give those, uh, let's put those out into the, uh, the stratosphere. Um, obviously, uh, Guerin, the one thing that he, uh, he mentions first and foremost, and these all from uh, Michael Russo. Um, on Twitter saying that uh, he didn't care that uh, Fiala was traded to a Western conference team. So um, some of this, you know, wanting to send him East so that we didn't have to um, go up against him during the duration of the contract. Uh, that was something that, uh, that Garen uh, frankly did not care about Um Says the Kings did no tire kicking. Showed they were interested right away, and they want and the Wild wanted Faber in return. Uh, Guerin says that both the Wild and Fiala knew there was no way to re-sign him. Said uh, as well in subsequent um, subsequent quotes that uh, in order for Fiala to re-sign, it was going to all have to be you know a trickle-down effect. The Wild would have had to trade two or three players this offseason to re-sign him. And in order to keep him on the roster, they would have had to make subsequent moves to that. So um, if we want to thank anybody for this situation playing out the way that it did, Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter are the ones to thank for that. So uh, more from Garen. He said that he felt it was a fair deal with the Kings and he didn't want to BS anybody and wait until the draft and leverage teams against each other felt that this deal from the Kings was the right deal to take. So that also speaks to what we said earlier. Los Angeles was the team that was the most aggressive in wanting to get this done, and whether it was other teams in the process not having um, players available or seeing... Just not having players on the table that uh, that we were looking at in this process that that those kinds of things all lead to uh, this type of move happening. And um, so it it came down to, you know, just the wild trying to get as good of a return as they could. And so uh, you know now we uh, we pick up the pieces as well. Uh, for that. I do find it interesting, Scott Wheeler, of the Athletic, just quick trigger uh, for those wondering what kind of prospect Brock Faber is coming back. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to a little bit uh, more on Faber here. But I just wanted to throw this out there as well. Scott Wheeler does prospects for the Athletic. Um, a couple of hours ago, like right after this trade happened, for those asking, gun to my head without thinking about it too much, Here's the top 10 for Wild Prospects. Rossi 1, Wallstead 2, then a gap. Carson Lambos at 3. Brock Faber as the fourth best prospect in the Minnesota Wild system, slotting in as of right now. Just ahead of Kalen Addison at 5, then Murat Hustandinoff at 6, Jack Pert at 7, Ryan O'Rourke at 8, Adam Beckman at 9, and Damon Hunt at 10. So, um, and there are a lot of different wrinkles to go through in regards to Kalen Addison for this whole thing playing out. So a couple of other things that I find interesting and, um, we'll get more of a beat on Brock Faber here going forward, but just in, in some of the initial reaction that, uh, that I've had a chance to see throughout Twitter and elsewhere, Faber, at this point, is a a really polished defensive defenseman with some offensive upside, and he's a right-handed shot. That checks a lot of boxes with what the Minnesota Wilds currently have and their just backlog of left-handed shot defensemen. And a lot of guys in that mix that are more offensive-inclined as opposed to defensive-inclined with some upside offensively. And we'll, we'll get a more in-depth, uh, concise picture of uh, Brock Faber because he was, uh, was on the Olympic roster as well and uh, by all accounts played very well defensively. So he, he's got some good upside. Now, a big question that I had obviously right off the bat. How does this impact the Wilds defense right now? Well, Faber is going to be at the University of Minnesota. So He's not going to factor into the uh, the decor whatsoever here uh, for this season, and it's probably going to take him maybe a couple of seasons to uh, to gear up, depending on how well he does. Obviously, with the Kings, um, I believe he had a uh, little bit of a cup of tea with the uh, the Kings, um, or was close doing that. Uh, no, he, he was not, so disregard that, but um, was taken by the Kings in the second round in the 2020 NHL entry draft, um, and you look at what he did um, in his, uh, his first two seasons at the U of M, um, had 12 points in 27 games for the Gophers in 2020, 2021, and 14 points in 32 games this past season. Um, as we alluded to, played really well um, in the Olympics. So he's a player that is going to be able to hone his craft because the Wilds' decor, as of right now, is pretty much fully set. So he does not need to factor into that process at all um, because of, uh, of the way that that decor is currently set. What it tells me is that... The Wilds may not have to make decisions on future contracts for several members of this D-Core based off of the number of top prospects that they have in their system right now that could be ready to step in for several players as they continue to progress. So, you know, that was the other point of this. In just looking at all of these potential prospects coming back, uh In the fiala trade is it really had never occurred to me that a defensive prospect could come back in the trade was looking for offense, you know looking for a center, looking for a young wing that could slot into the lineup now by having an additional first round pick, Judd Brackett can try to look for some more offensive guys, so I think the i think the plan um for the drafts has probably shifted a little bit more offensively at least early on so that is I think a positive to come from this it also tells me that Bill Guerin is not super intimidated by the prospect of Marco Rossi playing substantial minutes on this team next season now again Free agency hasn't started yet. Yes, this team doesn't have a ton of cap space to work with, but now that this domino has fallen, there could be other moves that are made. My initial reaction to the trade was there has to be something else coming. Now, obviously, in in looking into Brock Faber a little bit more, that opinion changed a little bit, but still, it feels like there could be at least another, maybe one or two more trades... That uh, that happen for the wild um, as this off season goes now um, because you've got you've got all the starters defensively, but then you've got Kalen Addison as well, who just it just seems more and more as we go that he just does not have a uh, a set spot on this team. Now Bill Guerin did try to kind of dampen some of that by saying that uh, that Addison has a really good chance to uh, to make the team which further confuses the puzzle because it just I just I don't know where you put him. I don't know where you put him at this point. So there are a lot of dominoes, there's a lot of fallout to examine from this trade. And so in the short term, obviously the Wilds getting a pick and a prospect in return, I think, is fine. We're probably not going to know what else was on the table from other teams, but you have to just assume that it either didn't meet or was not available in return. So that's that's the hard part about this is, you know, love to be able to just see, like, when you're playing NHL, where you try to make a trade and you can see the offers from every team uh, that is available for the particular player that you're trying to trade, that would make this infinitely more helpful. But unless somebody leaks it, that's, that's not how that's going to play out. So we just have to assume that this was the best package that the Wild could get in return for Kevin Fiala. And I, I think Brock Faber is going to be a, a good defenseman and uh, we'll have to wait and see how um, Judd Brackett does with that additional first-round pick. So some of the ripple effects, though, that this causes, I'd like to dive into those to finish off today's episode because there are a lot of different ways that you can go with this. So we will uh, finish by looking at some of the what-ifs and some of the uh, interesting wrinkles for the Kevin Fiala trade. That's next here on Locked on Wild. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Continuing to examine the Kevin Fiala trade, which uh big props to Bill Guerin for doing that before the 4th of July holiday weekend. Um got it done. And I, you know, I I like the fact that he Recognized that if this is the best package that was going to be available, that he didn't sit on it and wait for it to potentially not be available or to hope that somebody was able to outdo it, that doesn't always happen. So he got the one that he wanted and, uh, and pounced on it, and now it's finished, uh, and Kevin Fiala's on his way to the Los Angeles Kings. That part's going to be tough. Fiala was arguably my favorite player on this team, and I just I think it's going to be difficult to replace that level of production that he was able to give uh, to this team over the last few seasons, especially this last year, um, becoming one of the record breakers uh, for this team. Now, Bill Guerin obviously is looking at this as a situation where the hope is that you can take Matt Boldy slot him into a similar level of Fiala production, uh, and then have Rossi fill what Boldy was able to do this past season. And that's not out of the realm of possibility. If you look at the elements for this team and what they're going to need to do in order to be as competitive, um, next season, it's going to be difficult to do that. It's not out of the question, but, I think and we we looked at what is it's going to take in terms of goals lost for this team to uh to be able to have a similar type season next year. I don't know that that is a possibility, but we can bank hopefully on with there being some scoring that is lost, you maybe will get a um a defense that, that does not allow as many goals, maybe, maybe not. Um, that kind of falls more into the expectations type of things, but your hope is that you can take the 47 goals, 48 goals that Fiala and Boldy scored last year, and that Boldy and Rossi can equal that uh, this coming season. It's it's entirely possible, um, But it is a lot of pressure to put on a rookie. But it it leads you to believe that Bill Guerin's okay with that. He is okay with and confident in Marco Rossi to step up and, uh, and take that spot. That has been vacated by Kevin Fiala on that line. So maybe it ends up being a situation where it is the de facto second line, but the grief line ends up playing plenty themselves. Uh, I would rather that I would rather Rossi be put in that type of situation than being a fourth line guy for this team. Um, so I think his roster spot is pretty solidified uh coming into next season. Now, the Faber acquisition, as I talked about with the uh, the wild defense, it's not going to do really much for you now. But as we look at the Wilds decor contract situations, maybe some of those guys don't end up factoring into the long-term plans as things go because Matt Dumba is set to become a free agent after this season. Entirely possible that he uh, is signed to an extension um, but you look at other guys, too, like Jonas Brodeen. Once his contract is finished, where is he going to be at in his career? Where's Jared Spurgeon going to be at at the end of his career? Dmitri Kulikov, John Merrill, those guys, uh, in addition to Jacob Middleton being still a target and a priority for this wild team to re-sign, There could be a lot of shuffling. On this wild decor, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I, I think if the wild do end up trying to fill out their roster with younger defensemen on cheaper contracts, so that they can put as much money as possible into offense and goaltending, I'm not going to have a problem with that. Because let's let's also let's also keep in mind some of the dominoes that are going to be in play here. You got Jesper Wallstead, who is factoring in as the goalie of the future. Now, if he plays at Iowa this upcoming season, whole season at Iowa, totally fine with that. Let's say he's not ready quite yet at that point to come up and play at the NHL level. Your hope with a player like that is that they just, like Matt Boldy did, just wow at that level, and then the next decision is easy. is You call them up then, and they're just up on the team. But you could have, in a couple of seasons, after the buyouts have hit their max, you could have Jesper Wallstead on a rookie deal. Several of these defensemen on rookie deals on the back end, doing their thing. Then you got Kirill Kaprizov. There will be some players that will have come off the books by then. You could throw just a ton of money into the the offense to really go at this thing. And so having defensemen prospects in the system that are getting close to being ready, that then can take the spots of some of these guys who are, the Wild have a lot of money allocated on the defense. That's not, a, that's not a secret or a shock. So having young prospects that can come up and fill those spots to where then you're not having to reallocate those funds to keep said defensemen, and they're just going with the young guys when they're ready, would not be a bad thing in the slightest. So main point in all of this today is that I'm going to trust that Bill Guerin got the best that he could considering the circumstances, because the other factors that we didn't even consider here today, Kevin Fiala's got to agree to sign the extension in order for any of this to work. The devils are not trading prospects for a guy who could just walk after this season is done if he doesn't like what he sees. Neither are the Ottawa Senators. Neither are the New York Islanders. Neither are any of the other mystery teams that were involved in this process. The deal only works contingent on the fact that Fiala was going to sign their long-term. Los Angeles, pretty hard to beat. Pretty hard to beat because in the winter, you're playing hockey. The rest of the time... You're just able to enjoy out at the beach or out and wherever. Um it just I, I think that was a huge factor in this process too, is that this was the spot that Fiala wanted to go. So we got a prospect and a pick. We've given additional assets to Judd Brackett to use in the draft. We've got Brock Faber who can when he's ready be a piece of this Wilds decor. Bill Guerin did what he wanted to do with this trade, and whether it was right, whether it was wrong, good or bad, it doesn't really matter because this is Bill Guerin's team, and uh, I think he played this about as well as he could have considering the circumstances. So that's going to wrap it up for today's episode of Locked On Wild. Now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you head over to the Locked On NHL podcast to get further reaction on this and other big moves leading up to the NHL draft coming up next week. Locked on NHL is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, just like Locked on Wild. Follow us wherever you listen. We will keep you up to date on all things Minnesota Wild, what the Wild will do with that additional first-round pick, and so much more with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.